It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council. Talking Carolina Panthers with y'all every Monday through Friday. Your team every single day of the week here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also check me out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Odyssey, and all other major podcasting platforms out there. And follow me. Julian Council on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. So go ahead and get those into me now as we once again are gathered here today to discuss another Carolina Panthers loss as they drop to five and eight on the season, losing to the Atlanta Falcons at home 29 to 21. At this point, all of this is just a massive bummer, man, to be honest with y'all. It sucks. It really does, and I share the frustration that every one of y'all have about how the season has gone. For the Carolina Panthers to start off 3-0 and and to be excited about the prospect of this team being a playoff team in year two of Matt Rule when year one, 5-11, and but there were certainly areas to point to where the Carolina Panthers needed to improve and that there was a chance for hope in the future with Matt Rule as the head coach here in Carolina. And when they got off to a 3-0 and start, we certainly question how real it was based off the opponents that they played in New York and Houston and then a depleted Saints team that week and week two. But it's not like New Orleans has gone on to have a great season and been a fantastic team anyway. So whatever. They were 3-0 and and people were excited and they played Dallas well for that first half. And Dallas has turned out to be a really good team sitting at 9-4. and And they're certainly Super Bowl contenders here in the 2021 season where it's pretty much wide open for anyone in the National Football League. We got that moment early on in the season, and this city was on fire. People were fired up. And since then, it's been Sam Darnold's poor quarterback play, the defense regressing, the injuries of Christian McCaffrey, Cam coming back, and the exaltation that we all had a couple weeks ago in Arizona to now three straight losses, all three games vitally important at the Carolina Panthers, who were trying to be a playoff team, were needed to win, but they didn't take care of business. And we hear the same things week in and week out from Matt Rule and his team of don't beat yourself, of executing, doing the little things. And week in and week out, the Carolina Panthers have failed to do the little things. Sunday's game comes down to, quite simply for me, turnovers. They lose a turnover battle 3-1, to one, and there was opportunities early in that game, particularly in the first half, where the defense dropped two interceptions. And then Jeremy Chen had an opportunity on a third, but, you know, that's a tough play. I, I don't blame him there, but... A.J. Bouye, Stephon Gilmore, both those guys have to come up with those balls, and those can be game-altering plays. And Cam Newton didn't have a great day again. Second straight week, he's gone out there and played horribly, and it sucks, too, because I don't want to sit here and criticize Cam. And, it's, and you know, it's, it's a balance between, like, what's a fair criticism and also, like, what should the expectations have been for Cam Newton 
He's coming off a bye week, so you expect him to have a better understanding of the offense and play better. So the way that he played today coming off a bye week was certainly disappointing. And he went out there and he wore it on his sleeve like he's done his entire career. And Scott Fowler asked him just about, you know, back how he, he used to always describe himself, Cam and being being Cam, that he used to describe himself as a sore loser and just, you know, how he's matured through all that and trying to handle this as once again he loses as the Carolina Panthers starting quarterback he's now 0-3 returning here at least the Panthers are 0-3 with him QB wins is not a stat but he has not gotten a win as a starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers since 2018 and you can just tell the injuries he's been through getting released and now coming back and the excitement about that but still not being able to go out there and execute and take care of business for this team for the city for these fans is weighing on him and I hate to watch him go through that. And I hate that we all have to go through that with him. But turnovers are killing this team. Matt Rule brought it up. Just catastrophic turnovers. Cam, the pick six. Obviously, you didn't see the linebacker there. And it's it happens. It stinks. It happens to a lot of guys. But the pick six, that's a killer. You have the fumble where he's trying to hand it off to Chuba Hubbard after getting stepped on by Pat Elfline and... Cam brought it up himself that he's got his hold on to that ball. And Matt Rule also said the same thing about like he wants him to fall in the fumble. What he really meant to say was he didn't need to try and hand the ball off. Live to fight another down. P.J. Walker then coming in at the end of the half of the two-minute situation where I guess on the broadcast, Kenny Albert and Jonathan Vilma missed out when Matt Rule had said, not just this week, but in weeks past, that they wanted to incorporate P.J. Walker into the game plan that he was going to play. So it wasn't like Cam got benched. And I see Twitter and all the folks who aren't locked in to this organization and this team and what happens the day-to-day thinking that, oh, Cam Newton got benched again. No, this was part of the game plan. If you're paying attention, you would see that. But how is that helping anyone? Because P.J. Walker, when he's come in this season, played well against Arizona, but he gave one away. We know what you're going to get with P.J. Walker. He's going to be a little bit exciting. He's going to be kind of a loose cannon, a gunslinger, but he's going to turn the football over. So why are you playing a quarterback who you know is going to turn the football over? Cam might not have the greatest grasp of the offense. That's fine. And I I get why maybe you want to incorporate P.J. But what has that done for the Carolina Panthers? What is that doing with the narrative surrounding the team and all the questions that then you, Matt Rule, and you, P.J. Walker, and you, Cam Newton, all have to answer following performances like today? At the end of the day for the Carolina Panthers, the quarterback position has been their downfall this season. And yes, the offensive line is garbage. It's been garbage for a decade here, for the most part. So it's not we're not like we're not used to that. But the decision to get rid of Teddy, to bring in Sam Darnold, and then when they play P.J. Walker, and then even when they bring in Cam, things just have not been good enough at that position. And you saw today where three turnovers basically put the Carolina Panthers out of position to win this football game. And it's so frustrating to see. And, and I, I hate watching this play out like it because I, like every one of you, want to see Cam Newton have success but after the last two weeks of him playing, it's just so hard to see a future where he is here. And there's also hard to see a future where Matt Rule might be here in Carolina. I know a lot of y'all want him gone. And I'm not sitting here and putting this game, this loss solely on Cam Newton. It's a loss that's on everybody on this roster. Because, again, the defense, who I'm not trying to sit here and blame, they had chances and opportunities to make a play to turn the tide early on in this game. But also, offensively, quarterback play wasn't good. The offensive line wasn't good. You finally got to see a good performance from Robbie Anderson, the best one of the season. DJ Moore played well. So to get those parts moving together, and I thought Jeff Nixon, for the most part, seemingly called a decent game, a really good opening drive. But as I said they all last week when they got rid of Joe Brady, it did not move the needle for me because the problem for the Carolina Panthers 
is that the quarterback play has been bad all season long, and they don't have a good offensive line, and there's certainly questions about whether the coach who's right now here in charge is really the right guy moving forward. And when you look at things with the Carolina Panthers, they're sitting at 5-8. and eight. They got Buffalo on the road next week. They got Tampa twice, and then they have at New Orleans. Is anyone confident that the Carolina Panthers are going to get another win? And if they go to 5-12 and 12 after starting off 3-0, and 0, meaning that they'd be 2-12 and 12 in their final 14 weeks of the season, man, I have a hard time believing that y'all's favorite billionaire who likes to drink beers with fans and put the logo on the field and all that stuff that you loved about him back then, I have a hard time thinking that that guy is going to bring back Matt Rule. And if he doesn't bring back Matt Rule, what does it look like? Because the simplest thing for people always is a point, like fire the coach, fire the coach. You fire the coach, then what? Do you trust that Tepper is going to get the right guy? Do you is Cam Newton going to be here again? Because I doubt it. If they get rid of if they get rid of Matt uh, Matt Rule, that Cam's going to get an opportunity. Seeing that no team in the league wanted to sign him until Carolina finally did it a couple weeks ago, and his play the last couple weeks certainly does not point to him being a quarterback, a starter of any franchise next season. If things don't turn around in the final four weeks of the season, there's so many things wrong with this organization and this team right now that. Even the simplest thing, like firing Matt Rule, does not even feel like a surefire jumpstart for the Carolina Panthers heading into 2022. Because last year, people said, Bridgewater sucks, get rid of the quarterback. Quarterback plays worse this season. I'm not trying to say that Matt Rule definitely should be back here in Carolina next year. I just feel, I've I've told you my position, and David Tepper thinks he's a program builder. It does not make a lot of sense to me to bounce and bail after two seasons, especially for a guy who who precipitated the moving on from Teddy Bridgewater that now has the Carolina Panthers with the worst quarterback situation in the National Football League. So we'll get into more about the Matt Rule conversation. I Look, I'm not against y'all. I understand it. I hear you. We'll talk more about it. I've already gotten some people DM me about it. I will actually go ahead and answer some of those questions here on the show because, hell, we're not really breaking down the game anymore. We're sitting here talking about the state of the organization. And once again, that's where we're at. Panthers set up 5-8 and eight through 14 weeks of the season. We'll be back here in just a moment. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Everyone's frustrated. And I've answered questions about Matt Rule and I've 
I put out my thoughts about Matt Rule and what should happen. And, and look, I'm, I could be wrong. And I, I, y'all know me. I'm willing to admit like when I'm wrong on something. I just, for me, I just personally don't think that firing the head coach necessarily solves everything. Now, there's certainly a great question of what would make me believe that Matt Rule coming back next year is going to lead to good results for the Carolina Panthers. And that's a, that's a solid, that's a valid question. For me, it's just been, and I brought this up, just the trends of what he was able to do back in college now. That's college, it's the NFL. And this is one of the things about when the Carolina Panthers hired Matt Rule that, I, I mean, I'm honestly, I'm, just, I'm a skeptic of a lot of things because I just need to see it to really believe it a lot of times. It's not like I, I don't have a ton of faith in some things. I just need to see what happens because I'm not going to be like blindly believe like, oh yeah, they hired this guy, it's going to work. And I'm not sitting here and blindly saying that if Matt Rule comes back in 2022, that the Carolina Panthers are going to be a playoff team. I'm not going to say that at all. I just look at the situation of what he was able to do, again, back in college, so different playing field. It's gone to a point where they're bad, they improve, and then they have a big jump. Now, the problem this year is it's really hard when you're going to look at the final record, which is very likely to be 5-12, and 12, and say the Carolina Panthers have improved. And there were questions, and Joe Person of The Athletic asked the same question to pretty much everyone who stood up at the podium on Sunday afternoon, whether it was Cam, Matt Rule, P.J. Walker, Cam Irving, Dennis Daly, Robbie Anderson, Brian Burns, asked every single one of them about the message, about the culture and all the foundational things that Matt Rule is trying to put down there, and if those things are are there are there be are there buying in still because it's hard when you're losing games and you talk about the process and all this kind of stuff and you hear it and the message which Matt Rule said has gotten through five times a season and now eight times has not gotten through it's hard to imagine that those guys are buying in when you're not seeing the results like you want to see the results and you want to believe in the process but when you're not seeing the results it's hard for you to believe in the process and I think everyone can agree with that and that's kind of where I'm at too it's like if everything that he's putting down there is being bought in, and he didn't say effort was a problem coming off a of bye week, as much as we hated the performance on Sunday, he says that effort's not a problem. It's the miscommunication. It's the 12 men in the huddle. It's calling a timeout on an offensive series in the first half again. It's all the same nonsense that we see week in and week out. The penalties that they just cannot figure out. And, yeah, we saw another horrible roughing the passer penalty, and then, you know, they didn't call one on that two-point conversion, so I guess it evened out still. But I'm sick of seeing that every week in the NFL. But it's just, man, we hear Matt will say these things, but it's just not getting through. So does is it does it make sense then to move on from the head coach? But Or, or is this just a part of the growing pains? Because we live in the microwave society where we want we evaluate everything so quickly. And like I'm doing a podcast right after the game and I'm trying to get my thoughts out there. And I'm also trying to just sit back and have some perspective of what the season's been. And also what my expectations were coming into the season. They were more than what we're getting right now. And there's a possibility, I don't think in this universe, in this timeline, the Carolina Panthers go out and win their next four games or next three or four. I don't think that's going to happen. But just bailing after two seasons just is a hard sell for me right now as much as I really am not feeling Matt Rule's stuff. Like, I'm there with you. I'm not. I'm really not feeling it. I'm not. But I want to believe that if you give something time, it can work out in the end. We, we talk about it with, and this is, it's not a great example, but people bring up the example a lot of times of Mike Krzyzewski, who's retiring from Duke after the season. And had he been a coach today, he would have been fired. But 
his AD back then, Tom Butters, had confidence in Mike Krzyzewski, gave him an extension, believed that he could build something at Duke that could last over time. And he has. I'm not going to sit here and say that Matt Rule is going to end up being a multi, multi-time Super Bowl champion winning coach. But here's the thing, though. We're never going to know if we get rid of him after two seasons. And if you sit there and you wait and you try and let him build the roster, and I get, I get it, man. The quarterback decisions are abysmal, but a lot of it has to do with David Tepper and not wanting to be patient enough. They tried to get Stafford, didn't work out. They would have had Watson had the legal stuff not been there, and then they landed on Darnold. And I, the quarterback situation, I, I hate when he goes out there and says how much he loves Mac Jones, but then doesn't draft him. And then the same thing about apparently the reports are Tepper like Justin Fields, but also Tepper hasn't shown that much patience to be someone who wants to sit back here and wait a couple seasons to see whether the rookie actually is the right guy or not. There's just been a lot of decisions and to have been a former offensive line coach in the NFL and then for the offensive line to be this bad and the decisions to sign paddle flying and, and camera being like, I'm with y'all, man. I hear it. I freaking hear it, man. But now we got a real GM here and we've seen Scott Fitter and the moves that he's made and the draft picks have been pretty good. Now you want to see more guys like daily, not daily, but Brown who finally got an opportunity today and Christensen be put in some of these spots where you're seeing dudes like Daly and Irving get turnstiled. You want to see them get an opportunity, but we've seen the draft picks are kind of working. It's just the free agency decisions, the quarterback decisions, and that are killing them right now. And another off season with an actual GM and Scott Fitterer and more buy-in hopefully from some of these guys. That's why a lot of the Temple and Baylor guys are here. So the, for the buy-in and, and Robbie Anderson talked about it. Like he's been here with rule for a long time and like he gets like he, it was hard for him to get to get it at the beginning and then you know he's kind of gotten to the point where you know he's right there and they felt like they were prepared today and we just didn't see the results like I do believe eventually like you're gonna see something hopefully I mean I that's why I hope at least but I just don't think like it's ready to pull the plug now I, I just I'm not I'm not there yet I am not I'm not happy with what I've seen I'm having a hard time really believing in rule, but I'm trying to I'm trying to show some patience. That's just where I'm at, really. And y'all can disagree, and that's fine. Like that's why I ask you to you know tweet at me at Julian Council, and I, that's why I want to have the conversations. That's why we do the, the weekly mailbag because I want to hear how you feel. And I already had a guy, Tony Thompson, um, who just started listening to the podcast, and you know he was just talking about how. No, he, he can understand that the position from a coaching perspective, though this team's inability to have a third quarter success is very disturbing. Um, he also said, I can't see how it's possible to give him another year as a program builder. It's not just some of the personnel decisions he's made, but the huge opportunity cost of not making other decisions that were right there that has been difficult with this potential loss of the Falcons. I just don't know how you can give him 51% of control. And I, you know, I've told him a lot of the same things I just told y'all. And, you know, I don't think firing Matt Rule solves things overnight. And he he agrees. Like I don't I agree that firing Matt Rule doesn't solve everything overnight. My perspective is he's digging a hole deeper with his personal resource choices. I love JC, but a franchise left tackle is sitting right there. And that's of course talking about um Rashawn Slater, who a lot of folks saw as a guard and the Carolina Panthers, for whatever reason, decided they didn't want to go get get him. The top guy on their board, and we talk about it a lot when it comes to draft strategy, best player available for them, their BPA was JC Horn. I don't know where Slater was, but their best player available, the guy who they wanted, was right there, J.C. Horn. So, yeah, I get it. The left tackle situation is ridiculous. And you might have the future left tackle on the roster in Brady Christensen, but he won't play him there at left tackle for whatever reason. I've told you I, he, that from everything I've been able to draw conclusions that he, for whatever reason, they feel like he's more fit as a guard, that also they wanted to give him more time to, in, to integrate into the NFL opposed to throwing him all over the offensive line. It's hard to... I, I don't know. I, I I really can't give you a good answer on why that's not happening. And 
I, I'm not, and I don't have the opinion that like Brady Christensen is obviously the answer. Like, I don't think it's that obvious that if you put him there at left tackle, then you got the situation figured out for the next decade. I, I don't think it's that simple. It could be. I'm not going to rule it out, but I don't think that they're that dumb or they're not doing it. Maybe they are. I just, I, just, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's tough. It, the, the rule situation, it's going to be a conversation we continue to have throughout the rest of the season because it ain't something's not working right now. It's just not. It's not working out right now. <sighs> Boy. All right, take another quick pause. Probably continue more of the conversation here on Matt Rule and just what the future looks like in the next four weeks for the Carolina Panthers. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar, Built Bar. Filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. So many flavors you'll have a hard time choosing. Will you have raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie? Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket or purse. You never know when you're going to need it. Because it's a season of peace and love, don't bring up your favorite Built Bar flavor at family parties. People are so passionate about their favorite flavor, they'll fight for it and things could get out of hand. Are you friends with Santa? Well, tell Santa to throw a few Built Bars in those stockings with so many flavors they'd make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. Like some of those marshmallow treats around the holidays, you need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors all covered in chocolate. Tastes so good you won't believe that they're filled with protein. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. BetOnline has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as the football season continues its march towards the playoffs. BetOnline.ag remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from the NBA to college basketball, the NFL, college football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season but online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports but online where the game starts and here's a little bit more of the conversation i had with tony and like this these are my dms this is kind of the same stuff i'd be answering from uh, on fridays that's what i have most of you guys do so at, at on twitter at julian council dm me or at me, whatever questions that you have. Anytime you want to talk to me, like the DMs are open. Um, I try to respond to, to everybody, you know, but, you know, don't, don't get too crazy. Like I don't have all day. Like I don't have enough energy to go back and forth. That's kind of why I have the platform here. And that's why I try to answer it, at least with me talking. It's a lot easier to do that with me sitting here talking to y'all instead of like, you know, the whole messaging back and forth situation. But I appreciate everyone who uh, reaches out. But I, Tony's kind of more saying, well, at least what he believes that he's more so advocating for change in the decision-making process and who gets to make those decisions. Because Matt Rule has, say, for the final 53-man roster. And, of course, he has plenty of say on the players that they bring in. And that is obvious when you look at the, all the Temple and former Baylor and the guys who played for Matt Rule who are here. So it's obvious. I kind of, when when it looks like, with things moving forward, like I really feel like Scott Fitter needs to be the guy who's in charge. And... I, I'm cutting Scott Fitter a little bit more slack than Rule on the whole Sam Darnold thing just because he had barely been here. 
And we've already seen Matt Rule kind of make a puzzling quarterback decision. Like the Bridgewater thing, I guess it kind of makes sense in a way, just of like the familiarity what he had with Joe Brady and then Evan Cooper always advocating back when they were in college that if they ever got an NFL job, that's the guy to go out there and get. And the contract, it's, you know, you don't love it, but it makes sense if that's going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Like that's just a going rate for starting quarterbacks. But just the bail after a year, and a lot of it, obviously, like I mentioned, is David Tepper. And he plays a major factor in all of this. It's just, I don't love the decisions that Matt Rule has made. And I'm not, I don't think any head coach in the NFL should be really having the say in personnel. Like, I think he needs to coach the team, and Scott Fitter needs to be the GM. And he needs to be the guy who brings in players. Now, the coach obviously has to be down with the guys that they're bringing in. But I don't think the coach needs to have overall control of the situation. Like, they need to be focusing on coaching the game. Because Matt Rule certainly has a, a lot of areas that he needs to improve in when it comes to coaching this team and game day wise, because what he's doing right now is just not working out and it's going to put him in a pretty tough situation here in a couple weeks where, man, I wouldn't be shocked if come what January 15th, whenever it is that David Tepper's like, man, I'm done with this. I could see it. I think it's earlier than that, but I think January 9th, it, I, I, it, cause it feels like it's trending that way. It really does. And is it the right decision? Like David Tepper hired Matt rule. This is the guy, his head coach, got rid of Ron Rivera, made sense, I get it, but this is his head coach. Do you have confidence in David Tepper's ability to identify the right head coach? And that's for me, that's the thing too, like I have, that's, that's, and, that's and I'm, answer, I'm asking the question and answering it myself too. I don't have confidence in Matt Rule to identify the right quarterback this offseason. I don't have confidence in him to do that. But I also don't have a ton of confidence in David Tepper allowing the people he's hired to do their jobs and David Tepper hiring the right head coach if he does choose to move on from Matt Rule. Looks like he got the right GM. So he's not a complete buffoon, obviously. He's a smart guy. Wouldn't be this rich if he wasn't. But just because he had success in another industry does not mean that he knows football. And I made the example last week of Jimmy Haslam and his time in Pittsburgh and how things have gone in Cleveland for the most part. Not great. Things have changed over the last couple of years with Stefanski and bringing in Andrew Barry. But they got to nail the head coach if they're going to get a new one. I think they nailed the general manager hire just off the early returns. He, Federer could end up not being the right guy. We'll see how things work out. But I like what I've seen out of Scott Fitterer, especially the trades and the aggressiveness and the draft and how they maneuvered all that. I like Scott Fitterer. If there's going to be a change, he needs to be the one who makes the decision. He needs to be the one who hires a head coach. That's my belief. David Tepper, he has to sign off on it, obviously. But the interviews need to be conducted by the people who know football, not by the billionaire who made his money on Wall Street. That's my opinion. If we're going to move on, if they're going to move on from Matt Rule, and I've already told you all, like, I'm not going to sit here and say they need to fire Matt Rule. I'm not advocating for, for people to get fired. I never, I didn't think Joe Brady was going to be back next year, and I have said that I think that definitely needs to be a change. There needs to be more changes made moving forward. Like, look, the offensive line coach Pat Meyer, I, I, I don't think he's going to be here next year. <laughs> I, it's a, good, it's a very hard thing to believe. Chase Blackburn, I, I don't think he's going to be here next year. There's changes coming. Y'all will get heads. You've already gotten one last week in Joe Brady, but as we saw, Joe Brady, he he wasn't like it wasn't like he was great, but he wasn't the only problem. And like with Matt Rule, he's not the only problem. The issue, though, when it comes to Matt Rule not being the only problem, is that he's the head coach, and it all falls at his feet at the end of the day. 
But also the man in charge, David Tepper, it falls on at, at his doorstep too because this is his money. This is his decision. These are his guys that he brought in to go out and win games, and it ain't happening right now. And the Carolina Panthers are on their way from going from 3-0 and to 5-12, and and that is unacceptable. It doesn't matter what the situations are, who's been out. You can't have something like that happen. And I get it economically. He's going to have a tough time selling to the fan base, Matt Rule. But this is also the same organization that sold us Sam Darnold. So it's not like we haven't been shoveled a bunch of crap before and ate it up. At least I didn't, but there were plenty of people, some of y'all listening, who were like, yeah, man, Darnold, Brady, you got these weapons. Gase is an idiot. Obviously, he's going to excel. That didn't happen. So either way, you're going to get sold something. It's either going to be Matt Rule and a new quarterback. Well, it's definitely going to be a new quarterback and Matt Rule. Well, it's definitely going to be a new quarterback. Will it be Matt Rule? I don't know. Or it's going to be a new head coach and a new quarterback. But that's not a guarantee that the offensive line gets fixed. It takes time. And I just think of another draft and you get some of the right guys in and hopefully you get better development that maybe things look a little bit differently at that position group next year. Because you're going to have Moten. I, they, I think they got something in Christensen. Now the other three spots, who fills in there? Does Deontay Brown figure out, control his weight, and he fits in there? Is Elfline really who you want at center? And, I mean, Irving, like, do you really want to do that again? So it takes it – ta- it's not it's not like it happens overnight. And it's different than, like, college. Like, college, yeah, you got recruiting classes. But these are 18-year-old kids coming in, and they got to fit into the system. And even if they're a five-star, it's not like they come out there day one and always light it up. Like, it takes some time. And – in the NFL, it takes time, too, for rookies to adapt and to be able to figure out the system and how to be a professional and go through the day-to-day and then contribute. And I think it takes time also for a young head coach in the NFL to figure out his niche and what he has to do in order for his team to play. But will he be given that opportunity? A lot of y'all don't want him to be given the opportunity, and I, I agree and I understand. I, I'm not necessarily saying I disagree with you. I get it. I, I totally get it. And I can see how things could be better off next year without Matt Rule. I just don't think that one piece of the puzzle is going to fix all of the other things that are broken. That's going to fix the quarterbacks. That's going to fix the offensive line being terrible. That's going to fix the regression that we've seen from players this season. That's going to fix the defense's inability to stop the run. That's going to fix the special team mishaps. Like There's so many things that have led to this team being 5-8 and eight more than just a head coach. But again, it all falls on Matt Rule at the end of the day. And if he does not get things figured out in the next four weeks... The conversations that we've been having probably won't matter at all because David Tepper, 5-11, 5-12, I don't think he's going to put up with only 10 wins over two seasons with Matt Rule, especially after what he inherited in the collapses that they had under Ron Rivera those back-to-back seasons. So clock's ticking, Matt Rule. Either figure it out or you're probably going to be shipping out. That's it. All right. Thanks, guys, again, for listening to the show. Locked on Panthers with me, Julian Council. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and on all the other major podcast platforms. Follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. Always feel free to hit me up. If you got any questions throughout the week, I can always try and incorporate something throughout the week on the show. But again, thanks so much for all the support. It's not fun. I hate coming up here and talking about this team losing. There will be better days. Like There will be better days. I believe that. Will it happen with Matt Rule? I don't know. I want it to happen. I want to see the guy succeed because he succeeds. We're all happy, and that's good. Like, I don't want to ever watch someone fail, but it's hard right now to really 
to buy that. And I know it's hard for me to sell it to you. I know I just did it for like the last 30 minutes. If I'm, or at least I just told you my perspective while also understanding where y'all are coming from. So we'll continue to do that throughout the rest of the week as a Panthers now get ready to go on the road and face a Buffalo Bills team next Sunday um, at New Era Field up in Buffalo. So until then, y'all take care. I will talk to you again on Tuesday. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.